0: everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're doing a three things episode.
1: Olivia, right at the top, tell me your three things. Give us the preview.
0: So two are holiday themed Ooh. because we've entered Christmas season. So my first question is, what are your vibes for, for Christmas this year, for the holidays? Okay. What are you thinking about? The second one is, what are your opinions on New Year's Eve as a holiday?
1: Hmm. Okay. Overrated,
0: underrated. And my third thing is a thing I saw on the internet this week, which is that long hair is now considered chuggy. So I guess like the only way to be cool and hip and and in the moment is to have short hair, which I'm sorry, like, anyway, we'll get into that. I just need to know your thoughts.
1: I have some follow-up questions before I get to thoughts,
0: but yeah. Oh, okay. Looking forward to it. What are your three things?
1: My three things are my new favorite kitchen tool, Britney Spears' memoir, and this week I learned what a glimmer is. Do you know what a glimmer is?
0: Oh, yes. I do.
1: And it delighted me and I wanted to talk about it.
0: Oh, great. But
1: before we get into those, let's do some highs and lows. What is your high? I see in the outline (laughs) the one-word description.
0: (laughs) My high is orzo. The pasta?
1: Sure. The type of pasta?
0: I just feel like, first of all, I got some orzo this week. I made some chicken and orzo with like just some carrots, onions, celery, put a little half and half in there, then made it into soup the next day. I just feel like it's such an underrated ingredient. It soaks up all the flavor of anything you cook it in. You can't mess it up. It reheats very well. It's great in like a cold pasta salad. It's great in like sort of Greek style pasta salads. It's just a delicious thing. And uh, I think it deserved a moment to shine. So thank you, Orzo. I
1: too love Orzo. It's interesting that Orzo is your high and not your obsession. You know how they say that like <laughs> the key to happiness is decoupling your identity <laughs> from your job. Like maybe the next step is like recoupling your identity <laughs> to a favorite food item
0: yeah I, it was just the first thing that came to mind, I guess I was like, I could talk about, you know, I don't know, my job, but why don't we just take a moment to discuss the beauty and wonder, which is orzo? Also, I love it texturally, but we don't need to go on and on about pasta, do we? So well,
1: now that we're here, can I tell you my favorite orzo recipe? Of course. So in Molly Baz's first cookbook, cook this book, I think it's called. Do you have that one? I do. There's a lemon orzo. It's like orzo limone, kind of like spaghetti limone.
0: Have I not made this? I should. That sounds delicious.
1: I really like it. It's like Parmesan cheese and a lot of lemon and butter. And it's really hearty and comforting, but because it's so lemony, it also feels really fresh and bright.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to definitely cook that because I have some leftover orzo. So oh, good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What's your high?
1: My first high is that I finished my first draft of my book by hook or by crook. I really... congratulations. Thank you. I really sat down last week and I was like, it can be as bad as it needs to be. Write anything, just get it done. And you can edit it later because I really dislike the drafting process of writing new copy and I really prefer the revising process. So I was like, just get anything down. And I really surprised myself because I gave myself a full permission slip for it to be bad. And there were parts of it that I really liked. So... I am excited.
0: It worked. Good. Yeah. That's very exciting.
1: I'm excited to mentally turn the page. I've been really, really mean to myself about this draft this whole year. And...
0: Mm-hmm. Can't confirm. Yeah,
1: can't confirm. <laughs> We're going to have a lot to post-mortem when we do our yearly goals episode. But yeah. I'm really excited to have a fresh slate on this and to now be doing it with my first book already out in the world. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm taking the rest of the week off. I finished on Tuesday. I'm going to restart on Monday just to give myself a little distance from it to kind of forget about it and have a little more perspective. So I've just been having a a kind of like a life admin catch-up week in the meantime.
0: That's always nice. So that's
1: my first high. My second high is that on Monday, I got invited to this author salon hosted by past podcast guest Iman Hariri Kia. And it was probably about 10 women who were all early career authors who most of them had debuts come out in 2023. And then I think a couple had their debuts come out earlier. And it was just like a two-hour roundtable in-person chat. And then we went out for drinks afterwards. And now we have a little group text with everyone in it. And I'm just really excited to have writing community and to have this kind of like brain trust of, you know, a lot of the questions that have been going around in the group chat are like really logistical about like, does anyone have an accountant who knows how to do for and write stuff or, you know, really practical things. But it was one of my goals this year to make more writing friends. And I feel like I've already been doing a good job, but I feel like I just, you know, hit the Mario star and now I'm really sprinting forward with my writing community goals. Yeah, you're killing it. That's great. What a great resource. Yeah, it's made me really happy. So if you have the ridiculous thing written for highs, I have the ridiculous thing written for (laughs) lows. (laughs)
0: What is your low?
1: My low is shoes, question mark. (laughs) Um, Same. (laughs) So this week has been the first truly cold week that we've had this fall in New York City. and. Mm I'm really confused about what shoes I wear with anything. You know, I, I capably got dressed all of last winter. What shoes did I wear with anything? I'm like, have my shoes become less cool? Did I accidentally throw them all out in, in the last nine months? What shoes
0: do I wear? It's a good question. It's a really good question. I guess you need something warmer than the, the Boston... Clogs. Also,
1: I feel like the Boston clogs don't really go well with my favorite pair of jeans right now. It's actually the pair of jeans I got from Stitch Fix and they're kind of like a flare leg jean. Oh.
0: And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't look right with like the Boston with flares, I feel like You have to do a boot, but like a boot is so involved. I actually recently got a pair of ankle boots because in London, I walked so much in my Converse that I literally just think I like broke my feet. The soles of Converse, I think are getting thinner. Like, this is just a theory I have. Sure. It's like I I was walking on tissue paper, basically. So I bought this pair of boots and they zip on the front. And that is a lovely experience because they are much easier to put on. Much easier.
1: All of my boots are heeled boots. So maybe the answer is that I need flat boots that aren't like cold Mm. weather boots.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. It's a struggle. I did try three different pairs of shoes on today before going to the thrift store. (laughs) That's I really had to impress the people.
1: I've been thinking all day about what shoes I'm going to wear to these very low pressure drinks that I have tonight. Olivia can see me right now. I'm wearing an inside out sweatshirt and no makeup. So I mean, I feel like the shoes are the least of my worries. I have a lot of <laughs> steps before I get to shoes, but
0: been on my mind. I get it. You got a plan. What's your low? My low is I was in a horrible mood yesterday, like oh. just an absolutely terrible mood they cut down some trees by our house just because they were hanging over the roof and stuff. And like, it changed my view out my window and I cried. Like, it was totally not necessary. So but that I was that the start just... of the bad mood or that was a symptom of the bad mood? <laughs> that was just when I realized it was worse than I thought. Okay. And I just <laughs> spiraled. I was like, it's so ugly now. I can't look out this window. Everything is horrible. Actually, let me just tell you what I wrote in my five-year journal. Please. Because I think it kind of sums it up. I'm in a big old nasty bad mood today. I'm sure it's my period, which definitely was. But I'm angry at the world. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, do, I don't I don't want to look in the mirror. I feel like a stupid blob, a stupid, <laughs> unsuccessful blob. So I have, <laughs> you know, it's called <laughs> having a bad day. But why isn't it called having a blob day? Because I just was a blob. I was just horrible. But then I woke up today and I was like, everything's better. <laughs> So anyway, I'm glad it's
1: better. Well, let's get to some things. Maybe that will help to further improve the mood. Tell me your first thing.
0: Okay. So my first thing is what's the Christmas vibe this year? I feel like in the past, you've asked me like, what are your summer plans? Like, I feel like I'm thinking about Christmas a lot. It kind of just hit me. Like, I feel like October went super fast. Fall ended very abruptly. I woke up this morning and it was like frosty outside. And I'm just thinking about Christmas a lot. So are you thinking about it? I'm sure you are with your book. I mean, right?
1: ironically, for somebody who's had their Christmas tree up since a party in July,
0: <laughs> I'm not Maybe thinking about why. it. Maybe that's
1: why. I'm very much on Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yesterday was November 1st. And I did definitely have a moment of like, fuck Halloween. It's over. It's Christmas now. <laughs> and book-wise, you know, Mariah Carey is getting taken out of the vault and unfrosted. Like, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm excited for that book sales-wise and like book excitement-wise. But on a personal level, I'm on Thanksgiving. I'm hosting mm-hmm. a Friendsgiving dinner party that you're invited to and you may or may not come to. Either is fine. <laughs> thank, thank you. So I'm really thinking about that. Yeah. I'm thinking a lot about the tablescape, which is an interesting thing to think about for somebody who owns one set of dish and glassware. So I'm like, am I buying A full new set of, I don't know. You should. I'm like, what are the candles? What are the centerpieces? I think the answer is probably going to be none and all my regular stuff, but I'm thinking a lot about (laughs) it. I'm thinking about the menu. I am just... Are you
0: cooking the whole meal?
1: I'm cooking the whole meal, except for Rachel's bringing mashed potatoes. She makes these great gorgonzola rosemary mashed potatoes. I will not cook dessert. So if anyone else has a proclivity towards baking, they're welcome to. If not, I will buy pie. And then I'm not going to do a turkey because I don't like turkey. So I'm figuring out what I'm going to do for the actual entree, but it's not going to be turkey. But okay. yes, I'm going to cook everything.
0: That sounds very fun. Yes. And are you the kind of person that when you're throwing the Thanksgiving party, like will there be sort of, I feel like you could do Christmas decorations at a Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I'm not really going to decorate so, other than the table. Okay, so what are you thinking for the table, like gourds?
1: I don't know, Olivia.
0: Gourd-heavy gourd display? I don't know.
1: No, I'm thinking of leaves? like... Leaves? I'm thinking of taper candles. Pilgrims?
0: Oh, okay. That that makes... That's me. But I... I was thinking very literal.
1: I also was thinking about getting a table runner that was like thematically appropriate. Hmm. Maybe burlap. Is that weird? Okay. By your it's, face, I'm going to say yeah.
0: <laughs> it could be cute. It could be cute.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking a lot about it. I've made no moves. Also, I need to buy Nutcracker tickets. That's on my mind for Christmas. Oh, I have a Christmas goal. Oh, okay. I've said this every year for the past three years. I'm going to go out to Diker Heights and see Mm. the Christmas lights out there. Good call. So I like loosely have Christmas on the mind, but I'm much more focused on Thanksgiving. But tell me about what are your Christmas... Goals, plans, wants, needs, opinions.
0: Well, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm doing nothing for Thanksgiving this year. We're not going anywhere. I honestly don't even know if we're going to cook. I kind of just feel like <laughs> it will be nothing but a pot of orzo. <laughs> and honestly, I would be happy with that. We'll probably just end up doing housework or something. But anyway, I've, I've skipped ahead to Christmas decorating in my brain. We have much higher ceilings now. So I feel like I could get absolutely just... Out of pocket with the Christmas tree this year. Like we get a ten footer. Are you guys real uh, Christmas tree people? So we haven't been the past couple of years, but I feel like I kind of want one this year.
1: I love a, a fake pre-lit Christmas tree and a Christmas tree scented candle.
0: Have you seen this viral Home Depot Christmas tree that keeps selling out? Sure. Which yeah, to my eyes, I just think it's it, it like sparkles in a very particular way with the lights, which I get. It's sparkling is appealing, but. It's sold out. Anyway, maybe we'll go fake and just get a really gigantic fake tree. But um, we can get a taller tree. It can be more of like a statement. We'll have more room to decorate. I feel like it's always shoved in a corner in our house in the past. But this year I could do like a full You could do that 360. room.
1: The room where the treadmill was for a while. It could just be the entire room is your Christmas <laughs> room.
0: So I think that's what's going to happen because I think that room is going to be finished and painted by then. And it'll be green. So I feel like it's going to be just a good Christmas room. The lights will reflect in the mirror. It'll be great. I also am really into velvet ribbons. Oh, yeah. Generally, but also specifically like as Christmas decor. And garland. Oh, I want to do garland going up the staircase around the banister. Uh, so I'm really thinking about that as well. I'm and, also uh, thinking about yeah. wanting
1: a red plaid dress.
0: Uh, That's a good call. There's some really cute Hill House red plaid dresses right now that are sold out.
1: So the cut that I want does not come in the plaid that I want. So I'm hoping there's going to be more combinations released.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. What Christmas outfit you end up with?
1: Yeah. I feel like this is my Christmas year. So I need, I need to get like a really Christmassy outfit or maybe like a red velvet dress or something. I don't know.
0: Oh, that's fun. I am looking at New Year's Eve dresses right now because I am doing something for New Year's Eve. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Tell me your first thing.
1: My first thing is this new kitchen tool that I got that I'm obsessed with, which is this garlic chopping tool. It's from Amazon. It's $9.99. And I saw a TikTok ad for something similar, did not click through the ad, and then just went to Amazon and searched garlic rocker thing. So it's basically like kind of like a wheel and it has a handle at the top and then on the bottom. It's kind of like a cheese grater and you just roll it over the garlic and you chop it, you need to use some body weight. But Olivia, Mm -hmm. I am obsessed with this for multiple reasons. The first reason is I really hate having garlic hands.
0: Oh, same. I think, do you agree
1: or disagree? Do you think that chopping garlic is the worst cooking
0: task? Agree 100% and it's why I don't do it.
1: So you're a jarred garlic person?
0: Yeah. It's not worth the, I don't care. I know it makes me like less good cook. I I can't, I'm not doing it. Can you taste the
1: difference though?
0: Maybe, but I never attempt the real <laughs> thing. So mm-hmm. I just don't even know. Because I but, switched to jarred yeah, garlic.
1: No. I mean, this was like years ago, like probably near the beginning of the podcast. I switched back. I just felt like it didn't taste as strong in anything.
0: It's probably true. I do use a lot of it. But honestly, even chopping onions, my hands smell like onions for days. Days and days and days. Well, we no know matter how hard I wash them.
1: We know your number one fear is onion hair.
0: I absorb onion smell. Like, yeah. this is my worst quality as a human being. I swear, you know how 23 me will like update you with your genetic profile? It's like you're more likely to, I don't know, to blush. Like, I think there's an onion absorption factor mm. that needs to be studied genetically.
1: Well, Grace has her onion chopper that she likes. I don't like to have a lot of kitchen tools because I don't have a dishwasher. I am the mm. dishwasher. So I haven't right. gotten into that, but this garlic chopper is great because, okay, so it avoids garlic hands. It's I, it's definitely quicker than chopping garlic, but it also came with this bonus thing that it was on the product page. I just didn't read it. It came with this little silicone sleeve that's bumpy on mm. the inside and mm. it peels the garlic clove.
0: Oh, see, and I hate doing that too. Me too.
1: And especially if you have to like grate garlic or something, I'm like, well, how the fuck do I peel it without mashing it with a knife Mm -hmm. and without using my nails and then it's stuck behind my nails. So this is like a little sleeve. And at first I thought you had to use your body weight to crush it, but it turns out you don't. You just kind of roll it around and it's bumpy on the
0: inside and it peels it pretty well. Okay, this is good to know. A nice development in technology. For a $10 kitchen
1: tool, it works really well. And then, as far as washing it goes, because I also have one of those garlic presses, you know, where you put like mm-hmm. one clove in and then you, you like squish it. I find that really hard to clean.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause That's it gets very annoying. It
1: thing. gets like stuck in there and then it's sharp. Whereas this is not sharp. I think like the wheel part of it is just purely body weight. So, It rinses clean and I can use my fingers to get anything that's stuck without being like, oh no, I'm going to now grate my fingers.
0: Yeah. You don't want to do that. I'm
1: obsessed. I mean, if I had another company to name, I would call it
0: Garlic Wheel (laughs) LLC. (laughs) It's strong. It's very strong. Yeah. I tiny tongs. Don't get
1: me wrong. like, I still love my tiny tongs, but I'm just amassing a small, weird kitchen tool army of... (laughs)
0: Of like fish You know, it works. That's the that's the, the common factor with it all.
1: We'll link it in the show notes. We'll share it on Instagram at some point this week. But it was a ten dollars well spent.
0: Okay. It's a it's a good suggestion. It's like one of those things you see on like a late night TV app. Absolutely. But worth it. Worth it now now. Yeah. What's your next thing? oh, my next thing is New Year's Eve as a holiday. Mm. Are you a New Year's Eve person? Are you one of the people that thinks it's the most overrated holiday? And do you have plans this year?
1: I'm the latter. I think that it's really overrated, especially in New York City, because you have to, for the most part, you have to like make reservations, opt into Mm -hmm. something that is wildly expensive. That's either, you know, at a restaurant, it's like a tasting menu or at a bar. It's like a whole ticketed package or something. So I I strongly dislike New Year's in New York City. I'm sure that there are other secret hidden gems that make it great. But on the whole, I haven't had any favorite New York City New Year's. I think the past two years I've gone to Maine. So I like mm-hmm. a house party. I like a trip. I like being somewhere else on New Year's Eve. I'm not somebody who's like, I'm going to go to bed at 10 p.m. and skip the whole thing. Like I'm not that type of New Year's hater, but I'm mm-hmm. not a, we're going to go to a club and get dressed up and have the best night of our lives person. Yeah. I don't have plans yeah. for this year though. My friend Allie had floated a trip, but we never figured out where to go. We'll see. I'm going to Maine tomorrow. So I'll float the idea of New Year's in Maine.
0: Yeah, you should. It sounds very cozy and nice. What are your New
1: Year's plans this year that have got you thinking about this?
0: So traditionally, aside from the last couple of years, my family and I and Jake have gone on a cruise for New Year's because my mom's birthday is the 27th of December. So usually leaves around her birthday and then we have New Year's on a cruise, which is actually very fun.
1: Where did you go the last time you went?
0: Like, is this I, a Caribbean cruise? Is this like... Yes, it's in the okay. Caribbean. It's like St. Thomas, St. Something. I don't know. It should be really nice. However, my mom was like, oh, yeah, it's eight weeks away. You should start trying to find your dress. I'm like, what? (laughs) I haven't even thought of this. So I've been kind of Googling around trying to find something to wear. Hill House does have this one sequin dress, which looks both comfortable and sparkly, which is a hard combination to find. Because I feel like when you Google New Year's Eve outfits, you get a lot of like, I'm going to the club all night kind of things. And that's not really me. I think that would look great on you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't. we'll see. We'll see. It's like kind of expensive. So and wait, I'm like, would I wear this a lot? No, but... What does one do on a
1: cruise
0: on New Year's? Is there
1: like a special dinner? Do you go to the nightclub on the cruise ship? Is there a show? <laughs> like what, what do you do? Um,
0: there's always something different. I mean, we usually go to one of the restaurants. Everyone dresses up. There's usually like a big ball drop party where they have like a champagne tower or whatever. You know... It's unlimited food and drink and there's usually like a party somewhere. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing this year. But in general, I just, I have had many years in the past where I built it up in my mind too much. And I think that's the fatal, the fatal New Year's Eve flaw when you think it's going to be a life-changing event. Mm. I think you need to go on really kind of casual and relaxed. I see that. What's your second thing?
1: My second thing is Britney Spears' memoir. I just finished the audiobook this week. Have you read it? Do you have plans to read it? Have you read the coverage around it?
0: I've read a lot of the coverage or at least kind of consumed it. I haven't read a lot of in-depth articles. I'm kind of neutral about it. Like I can see myself listening to it on a long drive or something, but I haven't had the urge to buy it. However, I do really want to hear your thoughts about it.
1: Well, I will say first of all, that you don't even need a long drive. I was really surprised by how short it is. So the audiobook on one x speed it's only five hours. So, oh wow. Yeah, so I generally listen on a faster speed. Like I usually listen at like, at least one point two or one point three as a comfortable, normal talking speed as somebody who talks very fast. So yeah, it, it was only like four hours. Wow. And you liked it? I did. It was crushingly sad was kind of like the main takeaway. I really felt for her and what she has been through and how much we have Well, how much she has been wronged by people she trusts in her life, her father, Mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake, oh man, like ready to go to his house with a pitchfork. The industry and like people who are supposed to have her best interest at heart. And then also just the public and how much she was maligned and how that affected her. Like, mm-hmm. if I had her Venmo, I would just send her a hundred bucks to be like, really sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, she was kind of going through everything at a time when, like, we as a society, I feel like we're just ruthless about celebrities, like, absolutely ruthless. And it is very sad. We treated her struggles like a
1: spectator sport, too, which, you know, sounds like it yeah. did not help at all.
0: Mm-hmm. No. Also, Mental health was just a different conversation back then, if a conversation at all. And so it almost just seems like she was in this perfect storm of like horrible things. And it's very sad.
1: It was really sad. There was another aspect of it that made me really worried for her. Mm -hmm. It felt like there was something that was being left unsaid or obfuscated about a mental health diagnosis, a substance abuse issue, something, which she doesn't owe us, let's be clear. Like she doesn't need to say any of that. But just the way Mm -hmm. she was talking about some of these things made me slightly worried because it really felt like she had conflated her conservatorship and what she had been deprived with being wild and drinking alcohol. Like at one point she's like, maybe even one of the last lines of the book, this isn't a huge spoiler, but she's like, maybe someday I'll get to sin in Sin City. And I'm like, ooh, like, I don't love that what you feel like has been taken away from you is the ability
0: to be wild. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that anyone who follows Britney Spears on Instagram now probably know. like there's there's something else there that's just like not being talked about, right? I don't know. I, I mean, it's not our business is the biggest
1: thing. And I think of especially course,
0: yeah.
1: her talking about the conservatorship in her own words, I'm like, girl, you deserve to have that autonomy, you know, that mm-hmm. she was deprived for so long. But there was just like a kernel in there that I was like, ooh, this is making me a little worried.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: And the other thing I'll say was that the audiobook, Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek reads the audiobook. Hmm. And she does a really excellent job. At one point, like she kind of has like a little bit of a Southern lilt to her voice mm-hmm. in it that sounds slightly Britney-esque. And at one point when I was listening to the audiobook, I had to Google where Michelle Williams was from. I was like, is she from the South? She's not. She's from Montana. And so I think it was just hmm. a
0: performance aspect of it that, oh, I thought it was so good. I found the promotion around it or like her promotion around it. Very weird. Not that I was expecting some normal, like we're going to do sit down interviews with people, but like there
1: was one. Did you see the
0: one video where she's like in a plane? clearly. No, but
1: I, I did see. So she's only done one single interview for it and it was an emailed interview. It was not a live interview and it was with people magazine, which is known to be a very celebrity friendly outlet
0: hmm Interesting. I just wonder what that's about because you would think she would want that, like she would want to have...
1: I don't know. I mean, she does talk about in the book about having social anxiety and she does talk mm-hmm. about a lot of negative experiences she's had doing interviews. So maybe right. she does not feel like she owes it to anyone to put herself out there in that way, which is great. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend the book. I thought it was very interesting. There was an article this week in the New York Times about the ghostwriters and like who actually wrote it, but whoever did it, I feel like they really captured what I imagine her voice to sound like. And Yeah,
0: that's impressive.
1: It was told really simply, but in a really affecting way. And the other takeaway I have was how empathetic she is, or at least comes across in this book, where even as she's telling these stories about how much Justin was a shitbag, she still has empathy for him. And, you know, the same to some extent, to a lesser extent, with her father or her family who've treated her so poorly. Yeah, it was really interesting to read or listen to. Oh, good. Well, I'll definitely check it out. I was talking to you, another friend who said that she's exhaustively read the coverage. And I still think that even if you have, it's worth hearing it in in the text. Okay. Huh. As opposed to just the quotable excerpts.
0: Yeah. I'm curious for sure.
1: You know, as far as celebrity memoirs go, like 10 out of 10.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. High price. Yeah. I haven't heard anything bad.
1: Yeah. Did you see the week one sales numbers?
0: Did you post them?
1: I did post this. Yeah, I did see that. Four hundred thousand, one million person. units.
0: That's crazy. I mean, crazy. I'm not
1: surprised. I guess. <laughs> Good for her.
0: Yeah. I honestly, seriously. while I was reading
1: it, was like, should I, re- should I buy a second copy just to like put money <laughs> in her pocket? And I was like, who knows how much is going to her with ghostwriters and whatnot?
0: But right, that's wild that there's someone out there who's just like no one knows. They just wrote. This well, now they do know. selling. There's oh, three wait, people. Are they credited?
1: They're not credited, but the New York Times did an investigative Ah. report on who were the ghostwriters behind it. So the first writer is a nonfiction novelist named Ada Calhoun, and she wrote the first draft. But apparently, from what the article says, that draft did not sound enough like Britney. So then they brought in Hmm. another writer who's a pop culture writer and also a memoirist named Sam Lansky, who did a second pass on it. And then there is another person involved named Luke Dempsey who also worked with the Presley family on a book
0: about Elvis. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Huh. I wonder how they split up that stuff. (laughs) Money.
1: I have no idea. Yeah, it would actually be really interesting to have a second book that was about the making of the Britney Spears memoir.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm sure there was some drama there. What is your last thing? My last thing is the very disturbing video I saw that said that long hair is chuggy now, much like the side part. I guess. I mean, I have noticed like all the Gen Z haircuts are very short. Well, wait, like, like, where? What do they expect from us? I.
1: Where is the line?
0: Like, is long being Kim
1: Kardashian and having it to the top of your butt? Like, what constitutes long versus? I would say like, below your
0: shoulders is long. Right?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what qualifications they are. I, th- I they're think using. so because they're
0: all getting these like Parisian bobs. Okay. I don't know. I, just what do they want from us? Like, we grew up in the time where it was like, we were basically taught that like most people cannot have a bob. <laughs> do you remember that? Like, growing up, they were just like, only certain people can pull off short hair.
1: No. Um, well, I mean, I definitely feel that for a pixie cut or something ultra short, but I actually had my hair above my shoulders for most of college and most of my early 20s. Like, was it so short
0: that you would call it short? I
1: mean, it was definitely like it was below my chin, but above my shoulders.
0: Okay. I see. See, in my mind, that's like, I don't know. What do they mean, do you think? I don't I think know. I mean didn't mean the ultra short. But the way that they said it in the video, it seemed like anything below your shoulders is long. I don't know. Hmm. Have you seen these really trendy like bobs that they're all getting and stuff? No, but I do follow this
1: one Gen Z influencer that I met at a book event. And now that you're saying this, she does have I would say chin length or maybe even slightly shorter than chin length hair.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I think that's like the cool the cool young haircut now. But like
1: that's really hard. That's a really hard length because unless you have hair that air dries perfectly when it's that short, you have to style it every day, or else it looks yeah. dumb. Like there's no putting it up really.
0: It's true. I don't know if I believe this. I, I just I don't know. Well, I, I feel like it's like the side part. I feel like it's propaganda.
1: I also feel I don't, I don't think it's propaganda. like I'm getting to an age and point in my life where there are certain things that I'm like, well I'm just going to be on the wrong side of this. <laughs> yeah, like what? I don't know. Like, I mean, I have Skinny switched jeans? my jeans. I have switched my okay. part. But I don't know, like cropped things. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to get into like midriff bearing cropped shirts, even though they're for every body type now. There are some trends. I can't think of Low any. Rise. Well, I'm, I'm, I was never going to get into
0: that, but... <laughs> I see like Gen Z wearing things now on TikTok and it's so low that I'm like, how can that possibly be comfortable to you? Like you are just fully exposed. Like uh, just, no. Yeah. I feel that way too though. Yeah. And especially,
1: I feel like I've had a negative reaction sometimes when I see those videos. I saw a video on TikTok the other day that it was like, 10 things that make it clear that you're in your 30s. And I was definitely guilty of some of them. And I was like, I don't think I
0: care. I am in my 30s. I'm not trying to trick you to thinking I'm in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting you say that because there's another thing going around saying that, like everyone who like all everyone, I'm kind of generalizing here. This this phenomenon is generalization, but saying that Gen Z people tend to look a lot older than they actually are. But then millennials tend to look a lot younger. Hmm. And I guess it's... I don't really know why. But I think it spurred from... There was this one Gen Z creator who made this TikTok like making fun of millennials for something they do that's cringe or whatever. And everyone was like, you're telling me that this person is not in their 30s because they looked a lot older. Not that they looked bad or anything. Just a lot more mature. But anyway, that was also going around, which I thought was very interesting Hmm. because it's the first flip-flop of like the millennials get everything wrong somehow trend that I've seen. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way because you just turned 30.
1: So you really are kind of on this cusp where you're like, oh, a year ago I was in my 20s. I'm 37. I'm like, (laughs) I'm not trying to trick you into thinking I'm 29 or to get you to think that I'm Gen Z. Like, I'm not passing. I'm not trying to. And I don't want to be the guy, like, shaking his fist telling you to get off his lawn. But at the same (laughs) time, I'm like, some of these things don't need to be for me.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. I don't know. Something about the hair thing just reminded me of, like, how bizarre trends seem to be. And I just, I generally find trends from, like, a fashion style standpoint very interesting. And, like, that's why I like to keep up with them. Not, <laughs> I mean, I don't actually see enough people to be like concerned of how I will look within the group. But I don't know. It's just interesting to me. What is your third thing?
1: Yeah, my third thing. So it sounds like you already knew this, but I found out this week that the opposite of a trigger is
0: called a glimmer. <laughs> I didn't know that it was the opposite of a trigger. That's, that's I didn't know that. Part. How
1: it was phrased in the article that I saw.
0: Okay, So the opposite of a trigger
1: is a glimmer. And a glimmer is defined as something that you see or you hear and instantly gives you a feeling of joy or of peace, the same way that a mm-hmm. trigger gives you a feeling of unease or, I don't know, other negative, icky adjectives. Mm-hmm. And I kind of loved that.
0: Yeah, I love it too, a lot.
1: So I loved that, but I was trying to think of what are some glimmers that you have of something that you can Mm -hmm. just see that makes you feel really good like you're not orzo okay (laughs) just seeing orzo gives you a feeling of peace
0: (laughs) like a photo of orzo I mean if it's my orzo that I'm about to eat okay no I'm I'm kidding are you asking me for real or are you just no I'm asking you I came up
1: with six I can tell you mine if you want more time to think
0: yeah go for it okay
1: So the first one is waking up or falling asleep with the sound of the ocean. Mm. But the real ocean, it can't be sound machine ocean. definitely. That's a glimmer for me. Having fresh flowers in my house is definitely a glimmer. Like every time I pass Mm -hmm. them, I just get a feeling of of happiness. Honestly, most dog
0: videos. Fair. Totally fair. My fourth one is
1: the ending dance in center stage. Just seeing... (laughs) And it's specifically that moment where she changes into the red leotard with the red ballet shoes and that that frame where it just pans up her body from the red ballet shoes all the way up and she's wearing the red lipstick. I get chills from that sequence of frames.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: But I would also broaden that to say live ballet performances in general. I just get a feeling of chills of like, awe and happiness from wonder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My fifth one is not just a house, but when a whole street does Christmas lights. Yeah,
0: that is magical.
1: Like growing up, did you have like a neighborhood or a street that like really went all out?
0: I mean, probably somewhere in Tampa, but (laughs) but Tampa, Florida is not really exactly like Christmas wonderland (laughs) in any situation. Cause I remember when I
1: lived in Florida in high school, we lived in it's called Palm City and we would drive down to Jupiter because there was a neighborhood like a few streets a subdevelopment basically that went all out on Christmas lights. Yeah. And driving through or walking through like I always get a sense of awe and wonderment from that.
0: You do need to go to the thing in New York. I do where they have all the lights then. You really do. I do.
1: Oh, and then I i don't think this one is replicable in any way, but I had a glimmer experience on Halloween when I was walking. I had gone to Staples to print out my book and I was walking home and I was walking down Bedford, which is the main street in Williamsburg. And, you know, it's where the Whole Foods is, the Apple store, whatever. And then there's a lot of independently owned stores, like small stores and kids were trick-or-treating in the stores. And at a lot of the stores, an employee or whoever owns it or whatever would be standing outside with like a big thing of candy to give to kids. And it was just such a, first I had this feeling of, wow, I can't imagine what it would be like to grow up in New York City. This is so different than how I grew up. Mm-hmm. And then as I noticed that there were people giving out candy at all the stores, I was like, this is such like a kind hearted New York is a big, small town vibe. Like it it made yeah. me really... I was like tearing up as I was walking home.
0: Yeah. Everyone's Instagram stories of New York and Halloween was very, very cute and heartwarming.
1: Have you thought of any of your own glimmers?
0: Yes. This is kind of literal, but <laughs> but when there's like a specific really nice moment with light, like it's either coming through like wavy glass or it's highlighting something in a different way. Or it's reflecting off something in a really beautiful way, or like the sun is setting and it's really glowy in a room. Like that always makes me feel that way and brings me joy and peace. That feels so on brand for you.
1: <laughs> like that. Yeah, that as, was a glimmer as a beam for of light me. is
0: literally coming through <laughs> behind me. Anyway, sorry I interrupted you.
1: No, I was saying it's a glimmer for me how on brand that is. And that just makes <laughs> me feel like everything is in order.
0: Thank you. Let's see, what else? Pouring cream into coffee or milk into tea. I just mm. I don't I've been talking about this a lot lately. I don't know why, but it just really brings me peace. And it's like you know you're about to enjoy it and it's so cozy and comforting. And it just makes the the tea or the coffee like the perfect color. I love that moment. Reading a really nice sentence. I don't know if that counts. Just Absolutely, like a sentence it that makes me stop or want to highlight it or makes me think about something in a different way. Just every single time it's like my brain like lights up. I love that. And oh, birds, the sound of birds. God, this it's cliche. It's classic, but the sound of birds is just so good. Like not like a crow. I, no offense to crows, but you know, sorry to all the, the, the crows listening. birds. <laughs> sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, when I'm sitting outside or even inside here, probably because our windows are so thin and poorly insulated, I can hear birds chirping a lot of times. And it's just always the nicest moment.
1: I love that. I love the idea of also being conscious of glimmers and what Mm -hmm. small things that you just stumble upon in your day-to-day life give you that happy feeling.
0: Yeah. Oh, also, I'll add, making someone laugh is always... I feel like a very good feeling and just a moment of like pure human joy. Oh, you know
1: what was a glimmer in New Orleans? I ordered a dirty Shirley because I saw somebody with a drink with a maraschino cherry in it. And I wanted my own maraschino cherry, but I Mm -hmm. didn't want to get a hurricane. And eating a a stemmed maraschino cherry, like the violently red ones, like that makes me so happy. It reminds
0: me of childhood. I tried to tie it in a knot with my tongue, which I cannot do. And I don't think anyone can do that, by the way. I think that is a myth that has been taught to us by men. No, but my my friend I Sarah got...
1: did it. I saw it oh, with okay. my own eyes at, with one of my cherry
0: stems. That's impressive.
1: But yeah, like there's something really delightful about one of those bright red maraschino cherries to me.
0: It's true. I got randomly, like, a couple days ago, a hot fudge sundae. I don't know. And they had a maraschino cherry on top, and it was just absolutely delightful. A glimmer. Yes.
1: Well, let's get out of our things. Let's get into some obsessions. What are
0: you obsessed with? I'm obsessed with orzo. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, we get it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I just said that because I'm realizing that perhaps my obsession that I'm about to talk about should have been my high and whatever. My obsession or my high, whatever, is Geneva, which is this app that we have been plugging on here. Becca was the one who suggested we download it for about on paper as an alternative to the Facebook group because not everyone likes Facebook, not everyone uses Facebook. And so basically, for those that aren't on it, it's like a giant chat room for people in a similar community or group or who share an interest. And we have tons of different little forums for the bat on paper one, like just made a Taylor Swift Swifties, bat on paper Swifties one last night. And there's different book clubs for wherever you live. And I just, I really like it because it's actually like connection based and it's not so visual as other apps. So it's just easier to like just chat with people. And I, Think the user experience is very nice. And um, so yeah, that's that's my obsession. Thank you to Becca for suggesting that.
1: I'm so happy to hear you say this because there was a solid month after I started it that you didn't join. And I was like, oh no.
0: I'm sorry. I think you sent it, I don't know where I was or what was going on, but I was distracted for some reason. And I'm just traditionally like I don't like more things, like more apps, more. I resisted TikTok for like three years. And um look at you now. Anyway. I actually have deleted the TikTok app, but oh. I do have to download it today to post something for a partnership. But uh I have not had TikTok on my phone for a few weeks now. Oh wow. But uh anyway. That's big I news. Was, it was just sucking my time away. So I couldn't it's hard. I don't know. So we where did then I you want to see, feel relevant. Where did you see the video then about long hair? It was either before I deleted TikTok or it was on uh Instagram. Okay. Because now, naturally, I'm getting my fix through reels like the ancient lady I am. So it's just, you know, you replace one addiction with another, I guess. But I'm trying to be on my phone less. It's really not working now that I'm on Geneva all the time. But at least it feels substantial. Whereas TikTok and Instagram, sometimes I just feel like I'm like finding reasons to hate my life.
1: Well, (laughs) you can also do Geneva on your computer.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I have it on my
1: desktop. And that's mostly where I have been using it so that it's like
0: part of work hours. Yeah, that's smarter because I've not been doing that. What's your obsession?
1: My obsession is not specific to the project I'm working on, but I got the urge to knit on Sunday. Mm. And I taught myself to knit right around the time we started this podcast. It might have been the same winter. So 2018, I taught myself on YouTube videos and in 2020 and 2021, over those winters, I made sweaters both years. And then last year, I felt too overwhelmed with book stuff and I, I didn't really knit. And on Sunday, I just, I got the urge that I felt like knitting. And I had a bunch of yarn that I'd bought to make a sweater that I then made not even to the shoulders of and stopped. Uh, so I had a ton of extra yarn from it. And I was like, I'm going to make a hat. And I am enjoying myself so much. It's so fun to see myself creating something row by row. And then it's also really meditative. Like earlier, I, because I'm on my break right now, I finished my first draft and I'm just getting my life together. And before I start a second one, I was sitting for like an hour knitting and I I didn't have music on. I didn't have a podcast on. And it's just really nice. Your hands are occupied. It doesn't take much concentration because the pattern I'm doing is just in the round, so you just kind of like do the same repetitive motion. I am excited to be back
0: into knitting. That sounds so soothing. I'm really excited to see your hat when it's done.
1: It is really soothing. I think the hat's going to be okay. I did a pretty shitty job at one part, but I think it's not going to matter.
0: No. You can always just hide it put it in the back.
1: Oh, my friend Natasha just who sometimes listens to this podcast, uh just made Hello Natasha. <laughs> She just made a dinosaur cardigan for her baby. Oh, cute. It is the cutest thing ever. I'm very tempted to make one
0: for a friend's kid. You should. That sounds lovely.
1: We'll see. I asked her how much work it was, and she said it took about a month working on it a couple hours a day. So I'm like, I don't know if I have that in mm, me. I need to give that a to my book. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, but you can do it while you watch TV. So I've been watching Billions... I I started Mm. the first season of Billions. And so... Oh, you've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have a lot to Yeah, so I've been watching that while I knit my hat. So, you know, it's something you can do at night on the couch while you're doing something else. Instead of being on TikTok. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What about books? So I read um, You Shouldn't Have Come Here by Geneva Rose, which I've just been seeing everywhere as like a thriller that a lot of people are reading and have strong opinions about. And I really wanted something that was like really light and mindless and just like really got me hooked on the story. So that did that. This was basically like something I would describe as like candy. This is the Scott lady, right? What? Yes. 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 Yes, it is. Someone told me about this. She went viral on TikTok, I think, for her response to a reader named Scott, right? Who yes. left her a terrible review.
1: Yes. Yeah. And now it's turned into um, a whole thing. It's like become her brand is like Scott.
0: Yeah. What have you read?
1: So we already talked about that. I read The Woman and Me by Britney Spears, which I highly recommend. And then I got sent this. I don't know what I would call it. It's not a writing craft book. It's almost like a book of pep talks. It's called 1,000 Words by Jamie Attenberg, and it comes out January 9th. And Jamie is a fiction writer and a memoirist, and she has a newsletter where since, I don't know if it was during the pandemic or right before the pandemic, she started doing these like thousand words of summer challenges or things like that. And basically, it's like almost like a NaNoWriMo where she would do little sprints where it was like write a thousand words a day. And there's like a big community Mm -hmm. there. And as part of that, she has all kinds of writers. And in the book, a lot of the writers that are featured are very famous writers provide these little pep talks that I think are all under a thousand words. And so the book is almost, it's organized by season. And she has a theory about how she feels creatively each season. And so it's kind of organized around that. But I almost kind of feel like you could just open the book to any essay. And a lot of them, they're not about craft in terms of how do you structure a story or anything like that. It's very much about the mental game of writing and the psychological stuff. I actually think you will love this.
0: Oh yeah, it sounds right up my alley for sure.
1: But I really enjoyed it. And if I'm being honest, I need to, I need to send her a DM. I meant to the other day. And then I was like, no, this is procrastination. Like I truly credit this with really pushing me over the edge to finish my first draft.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. High praise. I need to read this then. (laughs) For sure.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's a great book for any writer to have just whenever you're feeling stuck to read a few essays. They're all really short. So it's not something that's going to suck you in and take over your productivity. So
0: I highly recommend pre-ordering. Again, it's out January 9th and it's called 1000 Words. If none of those sound good to you, you can also join us in reading our November book club pick, which is The Christmas Orphans Club by Becca Freeman. Who you might know. You may know her. (laughs) You can also join us on our Geneva group. And we're on Facebook at Bad on Paper Podcast still as well. And on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: (laughs) I'm not afraid to